Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Allison Ansero, Assistant Editorial Director of the American Journal of Managed Care. Mental health issues and substance use disorder are one of the contributing factors to America's high maternal mortality rates, in addition to poverty, racism, and lack of access to adequate health care. Last year, the CDC reported that suicide accounts for 9% of the maternal mortality rate one year postpartum. Anxiety, perinatal and postpartum depression, and birth-related PTSD are among the most common complications of pregnancy and childbirth, affecting one in five individuals. And for those who are affected, about 75% do not get treatment. Women of color are both more likely to experience these conditions and are also less likely to seek help. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Heather Waters, a licensed clinical social worker who leads the Maternal Health and Children's Health Services team at Inland Empire Health Plan, a managed care plan serving about 1.4 million residents on Medi-Cal or Medicaid in California. She tells us about a new maternal mental health program at IEHP aimed at supporting new mothers both before they give birth and afterwards. Welcome to Manage Carecast, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Can you just um, introduce yourself and explain what you do at Inland Empire Health Plan? Sure. So my name is Heather Waters. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I have a really fun job here at IEHP. I am a manager over our maternal and children's services benefits. So I have the privilege of overseeing our behavioral health and case management benefits for all of our members under the age of 21. We have about 750,000 members under the age of 21 here in the Inland Empire that are part of our health plan benefits. And then I also get to oversee our moms and our moms-to-be as part of our maternal mental health benefit. Did IEHP start a new maternal mental health benefit within the past couple of years? Yes, it came as part of an assembly bill directive that by 2019, we had to have all managed care plans actually in the state of California had to have a maternal mental health benefit. IHP being very forward thinking, we had already had ours structured and set up prior to the mandate. Um, But yes, it's been around since our benefits been in place, I would say since about 2017, 2018. And what does it offer? What, you know, why was that assembly bill introduced? And then what did IEHP do with it? And what does it offer? So if I can go back a little bit. So when I, I started here at IHP in 2015 and I was a care manager. So I would take live calls from members calling into the health plan, asking for services. Um, And I would also follow up on cases that different departments had identified as potentially needing some sort of outreach as a behavioral health clinician. 
So I started to, when I would take calls, I would get calls from new moms. I would see in their medical claims that they had a baby six or eight months ago, and they were calling in for behavioral health services. They were noticing signs of and symptoms of depression or anxiety, and they felt that they needed to see a therapist. So myself and a former colleague started to kind of track some of those things um, because we had started to hear more and more in the news and in the media, you were hearing more stories about maternal mental health, um, and different various maternal health conditions. So as we started tracking more and more, we saw that a lot of women were calling in needing these services. Um, so we presented the, the data to our leadership and we were able to form this small team. At the time, it was three team members and we would just follow up on moms, new moms, and call and just educate them about maternal, overall maternal wellness, um, signs and symptoms of maternal health conditions, such as like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and then help link them to services out in the community. So oftentimes we're talking basic talk therapy um, and also medication management. There's a lot of stigma about medication, especially breastfeeding or just being a new mom or even pregnant. So oftentimes we were um, providing that psychoeducation to them, the mom or the mom-to-be, letting them know their options. Um, educating them on how to have these conversations as well, because there was, you know, there still is a stigma about all of these things. Um, so educating them on how to have these conversations with their, their OB or even their child's pediatrician um, and, you know, what, what to look for. Also at times, you know, we'll even talk to the partner if they give us permission to do so, to also provide that education to the partner. Um, so that's kind of like in the infancy stages of our program, we've morphed into uh, much more, I would say, cumbersome kind of benefits and how we really wrap around these families. Um, the team's still pretty small, but I call them my small but mighty team. We're only four team members. We have a, an RN on the team who specializes in maternal health. We have a licensed clinical social worker on the team. And then we have two bachelor's level specialists who have taken several trainings around maternal wellness, maternal health, maternal mental health. Um, and now we're identifying moms from the beginning. So when they're pregnant, um, we're making sure they're getting that prenatal care. Um, do they even know how to access a prenatal appointment? Um, it's really important to start you know, going to see an OB as soon as you find out you're pregnant. So connecting them with an OB, making sure it's a good fit for them. Um, I think a lot of times we take advantage or for advantage that you think, okay, I have an OB, everything's going to be great, but you know, not everyone's a good fit for one another. So we make sure that they're, they're a good fit, that they're connected. They know how to access their appointments. Do they need help with transportation? You know, that's a benefit for our members. So connecting them with our transportation, if that's a barrier for them. Um, we also assess their social determinants of health. So meaning, okay, so you're pregnant, you have a couple other kids in the home, maybe you're a single parent, do you have food? Do you know how to, you know, you do know where your next meal is going to come from? Do you know how to access a local food pantry if that's an issue or barrier? Um, so connecting them with those community resources to make sure that, you know, they have everything they might need. Also, from the very beginning, so, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks pregnant, um, talking to them about mental health, talking to them about maternal health in general, how to, you know, healthy pregnancy, how to eat healthy, all of that stuff. So making sure 
they have that education and knowledge. So connecting them with those resources, if that's what they need or want. So therapy, psychiatry, even connecting them to any specialty appointments that they might need. Um, we do have several reports set up on the back end on our side. So we try to identify moms based on, um, we have reports ran based on like serious uh, medical conditions. So we, we know like moms that have a history of hypertension or cardio um, issues, et cetera. So we're already, I, we're, we're identifying those members and then um, reaching out to them on our own just to, you know, we see that you're newly pregnant. We see that you have a history of diabetes and high blood pressure. Um, do you, you know, are you connected to these resources, et cetera? So again, providing that education. Um, we also pre-identify moms that have a history of mental health because there's research shows if you have a history of mental health, pregnancy on top of that, you're more likely to suffer or have some sort of postpartum condition after your delivery. So we also call those moms ahead of time. So we're connecting them with all these resources and we're following them for the duration of their pregnancy if they're willing to be case managed. So we're providing that ongoing case management for these moms. And then post delivery, we're following up with them to make sure that they are connected to their OB again for their postpartum checks and also assisting them with getting that baby to a pediatrician, how to access um, medical care for the baby, how to access just general medical for the baby. Um, it's, you know, it could be overwhelming, especially for a new mom or a um, you know, mom for the third time, that's a lot to do. So we're there just to help them connect them to all those resources. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> um, you said you're tracking this. So what are some of the changes that you've seen? Are there any specific outcomes that you've seen, you know, pre and post from when you started in 2015 and start working with this group to now? Is there anything in particular you want to highlight? You know, I would just, we've had a lot of really good just success stories. I've noticed since the pandemic, you know, I know we're still in the pandemic, but in the, in the, the heat of it, you know, it was really hard to get, moms were scared to go to their appointments. So compliance with accessing medical care was difficult. So it was hard to even get them willing to go to these appointments. Even doctors, you know, were afraid to see, you know, members or, you know, it was hard. They only wanted to see the mom. So they couldn't bring a support partner with them. They couldn't bring their kids with them to the appointment. So I, I want to say the issues we saw, we've seen since the launch in 2017 to even now have drastically changed and they're becoming more and more complex. Um, we had a, a case last year the member had several very serious comorbid medical conditions layered with some heavy mental health conditions as well. And the member was pregnant and in a medical hospital setting. And we had to consult with our medical director here at the health plan, because not only are you concerned about the member, the mom, right? Her health, her safety, her well-being. But now you also have this baby that's going to be, you know, born and alive here in, I think it was like three months. So how do we ensure that that baby has the best chance of thriving? So, you know, it's not just consulting on one serious medical case. You have two humans that you're worried about. So 
we had to work really closely with the hospital staff, as well as our own internal medical director to make sure that that member was safe in the hospital setting for the duration of their pregnancy, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, to add complexities to it, you know, there were several social determinants of health going on out at home for this member. You know, we have a history of severe trauma. We had um, isolation. We had a lack of resources, a lack of stable housing, a lack of food, all of these things. So whereas back in the beginning infancy stages of this program, you know, we were talking to moms and it was just hearing more and more just depression and anxiety. So I would like to say that the the issues that we're identifying now are so much um, more complex than they were. And I'm not saying they weren't existent back then. I just think that since the team has become, you know, grown and we're just getting, we're unpeeling. It's like an onion. You're peeling the layers and you're seeing there's so many more complexities going on out in the community because we have the ability to connect with these moms ahead of time. If that makes sense. It does. That's what I was thinking about, that it's more the idea that now you have this program and the staff, so it allows you to uncover things more and go deeper mm -hmm. into the lives of, mm -hmm. you know, who's covered in your program and what they're actually facing beyond just, oh, I, you know, I've run out of my medication or that sort of thing. It goes mm -hmm. deeper. Definitely. And you said in the beginning, I think uh, more than 700,000 under the age of 21. Yeah, we for youth, um, youth. medical members in our IHP health plan, we have about 750,000 members under the age of 21. And then um, adults or women becoming pregnant under Medi-Cal in this program, how many is that? When I last found the numbers, so it, it was approximately, we have about approximately 17,000 deliveries a, a year here at the health plan for our members. So the team I um, mentioned is consists of four team members. And at any given time, um, like right now, if I were to go, they, they're helping at minimum 200 moms on an ongoing basis. Um, and that's just due to, you know, sheer volume and bandwidth and their abilities and whatnot. Um, I am happy to say that we are expanding that team. I received approval. We're going to be adding on another nurse and three more clinicians, so we're more than, we're essentially doubling the size of that team because the health plan sees the need for the work that this team is doing. And when you see these clients and these families, do they have to come to you or does the team go to them in their homes? Actually, neither. So IHP is unique. All of our work 99% of our work is done telephonically. So we're connecting with these moms and building that trust with them via the telephone. Um, we do have scenarios and situations where, you know, we can conduct a home visit or go out in the community and whatnot, but most of our work is done telephonically, which actually we find for this population works very well because, you know, again, they're a new mom and they don't want to go out. It's hard to take a baby, let alone if you have multiple children out somewhere. So being able to just, you know, get on the phone while the baby's napping or the baby's nursing um, works really well for this population. And I noticed you stressed um, telephone. So it doesn't even have to be a video call. Like for Correct. instance, if they don't, they can't afford a smartphone, it might be. Yeah, we just call them. We don't have the capabilities of even doing like a telehealth or anything. We just talk to them telephonically, like 
old school phone. I'm not sure if you can speak to this, but when I was looking at this topic overall, you know, it's been spurred by the horrendous rate that country has in maternal mortality statistics. And I saw that California is actually ahead of the curve in what they report compared with the United States. I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit about how all that knowledge informs what you do. So I can speak to it a bit. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit in this conversation about how in the beginning, you know, we just identified moms based on them calling in, us getting referrals, whatnot. And as we've de further developed and enhanced this benefit, um, we've just gotten, I, I want to say, more and more savvy on how we're pulling reports. So it started with, I mentioned, pre-existing behavioral health, pre-existing medical conditions. But we're, you know getting again, smarter and smarter with how we're doing some of these things. Um, and now we, we have a foster care benefit here at the health plan, for example. So we're not only pulling foster kids, but foster kids that are pregnant, you know, just finding different ways that we can really target these moms that the data shows are more and more at risk of some sort of postpartum condition. With that, um, as you mentioned, the state is, you know, just the media, you can turn on the TV, I think at any given time, and they're talking about some sort of birth and equity. They talk about moms who, you know, died or almost died um, and how unfortunately, you know, race and ethnicity does play into that socioeconomic status, et cetera. So California um, through CalAIM, you know, they're launching different various ways that they can improve the lives of our Medi-Cal members. And one of those is through enhanced case management. Um, so really going out into the community and going to the, the member's home or to their doctor's visits, et cetera. One of those identified populations that goes live in January of next year is our postpartum moms. And they're really identifying those moms who are at some sort of birth inequity. So it's our African-American population. It's our Asian-American and Alaskan natives. So those, all of those moms, um, we know are at higher risk of suffering from some sort of birth inequity. So that is a targeted population that IHP is working on building that platform and those resources so we can um, better assist those moms. It sounds like a, just a great thing that you all are doing out there. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to meet with us. Of course. For all of us at AJMC, thanks for listening. To learn more about these issues, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. 